0: Thanks so much for listening to Hometown Stories. It means a lot to us. If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you shared us with a friend, left us a review, or subscribed to Hometown Stories. That way, you basically get first dibs as soon as we release a new episode. You can also email us at hometownstories at wdbj7.com. We'd love to hear your hometown story. Okay, now let's get back to the episode. A lot of us tend to make healthier eating a goal for the new year, but how can we actually turn healthy ideas into healthy habits while working at home during a pandemic? In this episode of Hometown Stories, dietitian Clarence Tawny gives us practical solutions for eating our way into a better year. Clarence first joined us on the WDBJ7 Plus digital news desk. So. New year, 2022, hard to believe. Uh, Feels like we were just in 2020. Um, But with the new year, uh, always comes New Year's resolutions and healthy eating, I'm sure, is always at the top of many people's lists when they kind of look at their goals for the new year. What are some of the benefits and maybe some of the challenges to starting healthy eating habits in the new year?
1: Well, I'll generally say that January is a busy month for dieticians, typically everywhere. December not so much. We usually overindulge through the holidays, and then we feel guilty about it, and then we want to get off to a good start for the new year. So the great thing about it is, it gives a, a time to focus on what your what your goals for the next year. What do you plan to achieve? What are some of the healthy habits that you'd like to adopt during this time? And it, have sometimes having a little bit of extra motivation is all we need because we have to have motivated patients, motivated uh, people who want to actually achieve something because if the patient themselves is not motivated, uh, success isn't very likely.
0: I think that's such a great point. So when you have, you know, there's a lot of that enthusiasm, there's a lot of momentum in the new year. How do you harness that energy and keep it going through the winter months? When you get through mid to late January and you get into February, how do you make a healthy idea, a healthy habit?
1: I think the biggest thing we have to do is continually self-monitor ourselves. A lot of times when we're motivated, we first get started. We have a big plan on what we're going to do. But we need to set short-term goals and try to achieve those goals, and we need to have ways of monitoring ourselves. For example, weighing yourself daily. If people have high blood pressure, they check their blood pressure more often. If you have high blood sugars, they check their blood sugars more often. If weight is what they're wanting, weight loss is what they're wanting to achieve, that needs to be monitored more often. Having a schedule of I get on the scale at this time every day, and then they get on and re-motivate themselves. Is that the weight that I said I wanted to be at? So setting that goal, and don't set your goal so far out that you lose interest before you get there. Have a long-term goal and short-term goals, things that could be achieved over a month so that you're gradually having little bits of success. Putting success together leads to a more positive attitude, which leads to more positive results.
0: And I think what you said about setting short-term and perhaps short-term realistic goals can also go a long way. And realistic is different for everybody, but what are some examples, you know, if somebody wants to incorporate better, healthier eating um, as part of a regular part of their diet, what are some maybe some of those short-term realistic goals for introducing healthier foods?
1: I think uh, a real good one would be take a look at what your bad habits are. Identify what they are. For example, maybe you drink too many regular sodas. Maybe you drink too many sugary drinks. Maybe you, when you stop to get gas, you always buy the candy bar. Set little goals like when I stop to get gas, I'm not going in there and getting a candy bar. I don't really need it. Um, I know that these sugary drinks are giving me too many calories and contributing to my weight gain. I'm going to cut them out. Within the next two weeks, I'm going to slowly transition away from them. Try to find other drinks that would be much healthier, uh, things that don't include calories, because drinking calories is typically a bad idea. If we eat food, yes, that gives us calories, but it also fills us up. Liquids only contribute to our thirst, they don't contribute to our hunger. So when we're getting calories from liquids, we're really fighting a losing battle when it comes to weight loss.
0: That is uh, such a good thing uh, to keep in mind. I know I'm guilty of oh i'm gonna I treat like every day like I should treat myself to a coffee, which is which is not good. <laughs> so that's really good to know. If you're just now joining us here on the WDBJ 7 Plus Digital News Desk, my guest is Clarence Tawney, registered dietitian with Lewis Scale Hospital, Montgomery. We're talking about setting healthy goals for the new year, not only setting them, but keeping them over time, keeping that momentum and that energy that you have for your New Year's resolutions going throughout the year. One thing I also want to talk about is, I think everything right now has a frame of I'm trying to do what is a normal thing that I used to do but I'm also in the middle of a pandemic and particularly right now this this COVID surge with the Omicron variant um, that may have a lot of people working from home it's certainly an added stressor and you know I'm, I'm a stress eater I can I will admit that for sure when you take into the context of the pandemic and us just trying to live our daily lives and make healthier habits Despite that, what are some of the things that you've identified as some of those challenges and what are some of your recommendations for making healthier choices despite everything else that we're facing?
1: I think one of the biggest challenges is, especially for people working from home, um, they're working at their house. So they start to develop work habits at home. Uh, One of the things that's a big problem with that is they start to eat instead of taking a lunch break like they would if they was at work. They start to eat in front of their computer. They start to eat while they're doing other tasks. They're on their computer a lot. So they start to snack and have meals at their computer. The problem with that is humans are very easy to train. And if we train ourselves that we're used to getting food when uh, we're working, then while we're working, our body's going to start to think, hey, where's my snack? So we we got to learn forms of stimulus control. We need to have a designated eating area. More important than what we eat, where are we eating? Sit down, have your meal. But when you stand up from the table, it's not time to eat anymore. It's time to go back to work. But also know, we need that break. We need that relaxing time. So having a relaxing eating environment where you're not doing other tasks allows you to think more about what you're eating. And you tend to eat less when you sit down and think about what you're eating. And everybody's always heard the stories about the people in the theater eating really bad popcorn, but they still finished it because they were still watching the movie. We need to be mentally focused on our food. We can't make healthy choices if we don't know what we're eating and we're not actively thinking about what we're eating.
0: Gosh, this was the message that I needed today because I'm one of those people. I'll eat at my desk very frequently and I'm not. And then I look down and I, all my food is gone and I have no no recollection of it. So that is a really good point. If you have any questions for Clarence, for those of you who are watching, particularly on our Facebook Live, go ahead and put your question in the comments. We'd be happy to get them answered and, and get you guys some of the advice that you need. Um, one of the other things I know that people kind of said is a New Year's resolution is they say, OK, I'd like to budget. I'd like to especially after the holiday spending. They kind of want to get a, get control of their finances. Um, do you have any recommendations for healthy eating, particularly if you're on a budget or, or setting a budget for incorporating healthier foods into your diet?
1: Well, I think it's it sad. I mean, food prices are going up, as everybody knows, when they go to the grocery store. And healthy food tends to cost more. And that's a shame and a hindrance in some ways. However, some of the key principles of weight loss focuses on portion control and uh, having a variety of foods. Vegetables, although they are expensive, they tend to be cheaper per pound. So incorporate more vegetables into our diet, we're buying less meats or other types of foods that may cost more. But I think the biggest thing about eating on a budget is using proper portions. Um, for example, a family of four will make a pot of mashed potatoes, but 12 potatoes in there to make their pot. That's too many potatoes for four people. So think about hey, I have four people, four potatoes when I make mashed potatoes, or even, you know, two potatoes and portion it out. Here's a scoop of potatoes, that type of thing. Not only does that cut back on what you're eating, it makes it more affordable because you're controlling the overall amount of food.
0: That makes a lot of sense, especially if you are trying to budget out for feeding a family as opposed to, to just yourself as well. That makes a lot of sense. Um, talking about families. Um Kids, I know. Sometimes, sometimes kids love their vegetables. Some of them, you know, get fixated on certain foods. What are your recommendations if you have young children in particular, or even that teenager who is just eating everything in the house? Um, how would you recommend, as a parent or a grandparent or guardian, helping incorporate healthier foods into the diets of your children?
1: I've always been a firm believer that it is, as a parent, and I always have to disassociate that because I'm a parent too and a dietitian, so I always want to push healthy eating habits on my children, and I had one of the greatest challenges. My daughter did not eat a vegetable one until she was about 10, so I don't want to sound like I'm a failure, but I felt like one. She eats very, very healthy now. She actually watches everything that I eat now, but it took a time, so don't force your kids to change too much. Children, when they're younger, they care more about textures and things like that, but what we do have a our responsibility is offering healthy foods at every meal like don't just accept the fact well my kids won't eat that so I'm going to make what they like no we choose what we cook we choose what we put on the table and the child can choose how much of that they want but I also think it goes back to having a designated eating area you got the teenager that's running around eating everything in the house well don't go back to your video game to play the video game while you're eating no you eat at the table because that's where we eat And that also helps them develop healthier habits. Have fruits and vegetables setting out visually. If you don't want to eat tater chips as often, you got to put them away so you don't see them. Because otherwise, when you walk by them, you're liable to get your hands on them. That's also true for healthy fruits and vegetables. Sometimes apples are quite tempting when you're hungry and they're sitting right there on the counter. Sometimes vegetables look very good to you when you just want something to munch on uh so having these things out and available. So we put our healthy foods in front of our eyes at all time and take the unhealthy foods and let's keep them in the cupboards or out of the house altogether.
0: That's a that's a, a great tip. Maybe you could do a uh I know we're about to do a fridge purge and say, does this still good anymore? Are we eating this anymore? And just kind of Clear it out. Well, I mean, it's still a lot of cookies on our table. That's that's a discussion for another day. Um, but these are such uh, great great tips uh, and, and and simple stuff, little stuff that you can do a little bit at a time. We do have a question from Elizabeth, uh, and I know everybody and everybody is different, but Elizabeth wants to know what's good for diabetes. If maybe somebody is newly uh, diagnosed and they're kind of looking to alter their diet, even though each person is different, are there some Basic uh, recommendations for folks with diabetes.
1: Uh, There there is, And one of the big thing is is with diabetes, the problem is their blood sugars get too high. Some foods don't really have any effect on blood sugars at all. For example, I would never tell my diabetic patient to limit their portion of meat. If you're hungry, go ahead and get a bigger portion of that because that will not affect your blood sugar. Diabetes uh, is... The main thing is consistently eating the correct amount of carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are found in fruits, which are healthy, starches, which could or could not be healthy, whether they're whole grain or refined, um, and milk products. Milk has lactose sugar. So those are our three major food groups that affect blood sugars. Meats, eggs, cheese, nuts, seeds, things like that. They're protein foods. They don't really affect our blood sugars. Non-starchy vegetables. You can have an unlimited amount of those. I would never, people don't come see me and say, oh my gosh, I can't get my blood sugar under control because I eat so much broccoli. That's not the case. So meats, proteins, vegetables, those foods are basically free for diabetics. What needs to be eliminated is sugary things, concentrated sources of sweets, and then you need to portion control your fruits, your milk, and your starches. Each has about 15 grams of carbohydrate per serving, so a diabetic should never eat more than 60 grams of carbohydrate in a meal. If they're trying to lose weight, though, they want to focus on about 30 grams of carbohydrate per meal, which also works whether you have diabetes or not. Carbohydrate controlling per meal is very effective. It's not per day because we use carbohydrates up over four to five hours. So 30 grams of carbohydrate for breakfast, 30 for lunch, 30 for dinner. It's very, very good idea. If you're trying to promote weight loss, it'll also control blood sugars. But diabetics can have up to 60 if they're at a good weight and they're diabetic, they can have 60 grams of carbohydrate per meal, which for example, uh, each of the three food groups has about 15 grams. They get about four choices out of those three groups.
0: That's great information, and uh, if you're just now joining us on the digital news desk, don't worry. As soon as we wrap up this live stream, uh, you'll be able to go back and watch it from the beginning as many times as you'd like so you can take notes if these are helpful to you. Uh, we do uh, ha- I did have a comment talking about getting kids to eat healthy foods. Uh, Julia says, my daughter didn't eat veggies until her 20s. Now her favorite veggies are Brussels sprouts. She eats lots of salads and veggies now. At least she ate apples, cheese, chicken and protein going up so that's good to good to hear that probably a lot of parents have uh, similar experiences um uh, uh, yes. clarence I, I did as
1: a dietitian that was one of the most frustrating things in the world for me was that my daughter didn't eat vegetables but i didn't want to make it un- i didn't want to start an environment to where the whole conversation of vegetables led to bad thoughts so i tried to be encouraging without being condescending but yes that's am glad you basically decided to start eating vegetables <laughs>
0: Uh, and it's totally, uh, it sounds like very much, uh, like you said, a, a positive thing, making making the healthy eating a, an enjoyable and, and happy thing as well. Um, before we wrap up, this has been such great information and certainly motivating as we head into the new year. Uh, anything else, any other, um, you know, if people could have one big takeaway from this conversation or if there's anything else that you'd like to add, what is it that you would like people to know?
1: I think the most important thing to really get... And the biggest reason I feel that diets fail overall when they fail is because either people get hungry or they hate what they're eating. So I think a real good thought process is instead of always worrying about what you're going to take out of your diet, start making goals of what you're going to add to it that you haven't been doing. Take a look, write down everything you eat, count up how many vegetables you've consumed that day. If it's only one or two, You can do better than that. We all can.
0: Hometown Stories is a production of WDBJ7 in Roanoke, Virginia. I'm Leanna Scacchetti. Our editor is Ben Raquelme. We'll see you next time. Hometown Stories is sponsored by Little Green Hive. Because coffee is personal. Locations in downtown Roanoke, Daleville, and Grandin.